May I help you? There's a little girl on the roof. A little girl on the roof? Surely you must be mistaken. No, oh, I saw her. Well, there aren't any children here. We're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. Welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation about uh, the segment Nightcrawlers. I know we did. That was um, a lot to take in and it was a really, really good segment. Um, so uh, if you enjoyed that, uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome to Strange Highways. This is a Twilight Zone podcast. We watch the Twilight Zone in sequence. We've covered the original 60 series, all five seasons. Go back, check that out. We've covered both seasons of the Paramount Plus uh, stuff with Jordan Peele. Go check that out. We have it up and available. And we're now you know, boldly marching into the, the 80s series. And what, where we're at now is season one, episode five, segment A of two. This is actually one of those episodes only have two segments, not three. Um, probably a good thing. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, if she dies is the title of the segment. Um, so before we get into this though, th- thank you everybody for like, you know, I understand sometimes taking a week off between like podcast episodes. I know for me when I'm listening, I'm like, why did they take a week off? Why did you abandon me? Yeah, and if if you're listening to this in 2027, disregard that altogether. So. We did abandon you. You just didn't know it. No. Uh, so we took a week off. Um, we uh, the, we spent a weekend of having much fun going to a convention uh, here in Northeast Ohio. Oh, it was incredible. Yeah. And we Good got time. to see friends, uh, buy, buy movies, have drinks. Um, a uh, friend of the show, uh, Richard, showed up, and uh, he uh, listens to this show, and he, like, he gives me, you know, gives me feedback and, and grief about it. But he brought me a gift, and I was super happy that the gift I opened it was a rock board. So now my <laughs> seven year old self uh, is now complete. He gave me a uh, a boulder figure. Which is just a dude that falls into a rock. I don't understand any of this, but it was wonderful. <laughs> it made me very happy. So, but that like seven seven year old Paul is still like. But it's not a transformer. Yeah, it's like you could have done better. No, I, no <laughs> like I'll, I will set up beside my uh, my Starscream and my uh, was it Hot Rod that I have here on my little toy shelf and be like Starscream. You have a lot of different boys of articulation, and you go from a robot to a jet and Rock Lord. You know <laughs> that's what's going to happen there. But you know, it was good to see him. We got to see uh, Samuel of at the Devil's Ball. He was out there, and we got to see the the Mister the El Goro. I know it's El Goro. And I like saying Mister the El Goro of Talk Without Rhythm. Uh, all wonderful shows. It was a lot of fun. So. Thank you, thank you everybody for having the patience for us taking a week off so we can go get silly. And now we're back to this. So I just wanted to, you know, to set the stage. Had a lot of fun. Now we're getting into uh, If She Dies. So um, day and date. It is uh, October 25th, 1985. Number one song is Take On Me by AHA. 
So that's a fun one. Great song. Great video, right? Oh yeah. Um, it broke the mold when yes, it came to it's it's a still visuals. an amazing video, right? Yeah. Uh, number one film, A Jagged Edge. I remember the title at the time, but it, here's here's the brief description on IMDb. A wealthy woman is murdered in her beach house. The husband is allegedly knocked out first. He inherits everything. He has a female ex-criminal prosecutor represent him in court. So it's one of those twisty, turny court films. Um, remember when those films used to come out and actually like, you know, like lead the box office. I don't think I've seen like a, like this kind of like a thriller drama. It's probably because we have like series shows like SVU and NCIS and all. And it's like, people are just so saturated with that. Well, even there was that new, um, Affleck film. Uh, what was with, um, the, the, Oh, what's her name? Uh, uh, she was in Knives Out. Um, they, there's that new thriller. like It's like a sexy thriller that's on Hulu. I forget the name of it. So maybe that's where that stuff debuts now. I don't know. Uh, I just remember there was a time when this was like the things. Like, you know, I remember like when uh, Fatal Attraction came out. Like, that was Great the movie. big movie to go see, right? So I've never seen Jagged Edge. I just remember there was a time when this was a thing that was leading the box office. So Yeah, yeah I've never seen this one. I, I've, I've heard of it, and you know, Glenn yeah. Close being in it, and Jeff Bridges. I mean, great cast. Uh, you know. I'm sure it's great, you know. Yeah. Um, like, when I ever, my go-to for, like, these type of thrillers is, like, Primal Fear. I know that's more in the 90s. That's another good oh, one, yeah. Oh, my God, that one's great. So, Richard Gere and um, um, Edward Ed Norton. Norton. Yeah, very young Ed Norton. Like, I think it was his first film. Uh, but, yeah, so, anyway, that's your, that's your stuff there. And in terms of day and date, the only thing I could find, and this is a sports-related, and I didn't, I started to dig into a little bit more, and I got really, really bored because it was the Yankees. <laughs> Um, October 27th, Billy Mart was fired by the Yankees for the fourth time. So he managed the Yankees four separate times. And I was like, I was going to get into that a little bit. I'm like, you know what? I don't really care that much. But the fact that you do a job well enough to get hired four times, but then you also do it badly enough to get fired four times. Sure. I mean, at least it's a paycheck, you know, and I think he, I think he won the world series as a manager a couple of times. I think he was a player. So good on him, right? This uh, might've been around a time where uh, players were still or like managers were still kind of players too. That happened at the at yeah, a but he was time. playing in the '60s, from what I remember. Mm. But he was a Yankee then, uh, and then he went to go like I think he managed some other teams or some minor league stuff, and then came in to manage the Yankees later. But yeah, this was not. It's not unusual in baseball to have a manager leave and come back again. It's just that there's weird chemistry that goes on with baseball versus like other sports, right? Because sometimes when you lose the the locker room, you're never welcome back in that role again. Well, I'm really surprised that the Yankees would have like kept on bringing him back. That definitely Steinbrenner seems like the type of dude that would just been like. You're nope. dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna you're gonna find a horse head in your bed, you know, like um, you just said, Joe, you said Yogi Berra to haunt the hot people's uh, dreams with like badly worded phrases. I don't know. I do uh, have some yeah. day of date stuff. Okay, please. Uh, um, so on this day, uh, a pop singer Sierra was born. Oh, okay. So uh, there might be some people out there find her music interesting. I do not. Um, but uh, and then on the twenty seventh, uh, there was a big heist that happened—a uh, robbery in France of, of nine paintings, and five of those are Monet's. Hmm. Uh, so like, this was like the biggest at that time of that kind of like, okay. robbery. So like, they stole all these huge paintings from that that place, and it's like people were held at gunpoint and everything. A lot of dudes involved. I just I want to believe that these people were just passionate about Monet. They're like, listen, like you know, you didn't, unless you experience it up close, you're not going to get the true feeling of it. You know, look at the, this guy paints with light; it's amazing. You know. Also, did they ever catch Carmen Sandiego? I want to know. Is that what? I, I think they're still looking for her. 
<laughs> or one of one of her uh, cohorts, uh, Double Double Trouble Trouble. If you remember uh, that from the old game show, I forget the other people that were a part of that. <laughs> I, um, I just I remember bits and pieces yeah. of it. They always took like you know big like landmarks and stuff, but it, you know I you know I feel like this would be like their like their mid afternoon caper would be to steal some paintings, right? So okay, there you go. That's our day and date. So. Uh, let's just get into um, who did what here with our our cast and crew. I I always like say cast and crew like we're going to get into like key grip and like you know craft services and I feel bad for all gripper because yeah. I know all that's important. But let's just get into who directed what, who wrote what, and who started doing what. So, uh, so the yeah. notes I took, um, I got director as John Hancock. We more recently talked about this gentleman during um, a Kentucky ride. So if you guys want to get a little bit more background into his uh, directing and that. Check out that episode. Yeah, second please. of five segments he's going to do for the series. Yeah, so then writer here is a uh, uh, David Karen. Karen, yeah, I think I have it here is David Bennett Karen. Yeah. Okay. So uh, lots of Dennis the Menace, a cartoon series uh, he uh, wrote on uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation mm-hmm. and uh, Beyond Belief. Uh, so are you familiar with Beyond Belief? That's the one with um, uh, William Frakes, right? Yeah. That would always be like. You know, come out and host. It's all there's a bunch of super cuts of him just talking about like you know like fiction or not or whatever. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, good show. I, I we really enjoyed it as a family. And yeah. then, and then in the cast we go here. We got. Well, I have some other stuff here real quick for oh, him. Sorry. Just want to throw it out there. Uh, he wrote for GI Joe the cartoon, Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Um, you know the I watch that the, the Oscar winning. I'm sorry, the Emmy winning uh, Super Mario Brothers Super Show, Ninja Turtles. He wrote some of the original stuff for that. And then there was the William Shatner like Vanity Project called Tech War. He wrote some episodes of that as well. All right, cool. Yeah, so lots of TV stuff. Yeah, lots of TV. And then um, so in the cast we go here. It's a uh, Tony Low, Pian- P- I think it's Bianco. Bianco. Okay, yeah. so he plays Paul Marino. Yeah, and uh, so he was in the French Connection. Uh, Kill the Irishman, which is a great film, um, and then uh, some Law and Order. Yeah, I have him in a lot of TV and film work, but also a lot of stage work. Um, if you if you look out of out of the corner of your eye at him, he looks kind of in passing like Rod Serling, just a little bit. And it's like mm. it's one of those things. Just, I'm like, oh, did they cast him because it would have been interesting to have some of that kind of connection. Like not not necessarily big. This would be like what Rod would do, but knowing that his his own relationship with like his daughters. You know that would have been kind of inspired casting, but yeah, like it's one of those one of those faces that is very recognizable. But yeah, I have him in three different Law and Order shows. So if your face is recognizable, but not like you know upper tier, you can play as many characters as you want as Law and Order. So there you go. His voice sounded very familiar to me. Fair enough. I, yeah, I've never seen. I, outside of Kill the Irishman, I've never seen anything else well, with him in it. Considering he did a lot of stage work, I mean, he knew how to, like, you you have to have that kind of presence and projection, right? So that would make sense. Yeah. So, and the next here we have Nan Martin. She plays First Nun. Um, and then, so, she was in another Twilight Zone episode from the original series from 63, the episode, The Incredible World of Horace Ford. One of Terry's favorite episodes of mm-hmm. all time. Complete crap. <laughs> Hated that episode. Oh, please go oh, check out that conversation. But not the episode. No, I mean, no. The, just, no, just I'll, I'll say, you know what? You know, I inspire everybody to be a completist. Yeah, you know? right. like I like because you know, ups and downs. You know, like sometimes you gotta eat your vegetables before you get to the dessert. You know, watch it once, right? And then yeah. you can realize, like, I'm good. I never need to see this again. Yeah. yeah so she was in that, and then uh, she'll be coming up in another segment. Uh, of the 80s version as well. So, and then uh, uh, I recognized her from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, 
Dream Warriors. Yeah, she was a nun in that. <laughs> Getting typecast. Yeah, and then uh, also bunch- dealing with spooky ghost, uh, supernatural kids. Right. In a lot of. <laughs> uh, and the son of a, a thousand uh, maniacs. Right? Yeah. And uh, so, and then she was also in a bunch of episodes of the Drew Carey Show. So there's somewhat of a Cleveland connection there. There you go. And then uh, next here we have a- uh, and- Andrea, Andrea uh, Barber plays Kathy Marano. Uh, Full House. So I, I here here was my admission. I was like, wait a minute, that little girl looks so familiar. Yeah. Why am I? Why am I so like? There's something confused. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, wait, yeah. who the hell is this? She was uh, she was Kimmy Gibbler. Yeah. On Full House, and then you know the revised uh, Fuller House. So I'm like. Oh, great. And hopefully I'll never see her again because I hated her character on that show. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, she kind of stopped acting for a long time. But when they did the revival with Fuller House, which I, you know, I've not seen. Not not my. Yeah, don't not, put it not on my, your list. Like, I watched Full House a little bit as a kid and there was fun there. Right. But it's like it's not like there's these nostalgia revivals as much as I'm like, you know, Twilight Zone. There's the Paramount Plus one. Like, but there's your mileage may vary. Right. right? That That's completely fine. Right. But uh yeah, uh, good on her, though, coming back, because I mean, it's a paycheck, and she gets to play a character and gets to be around people that she knows and cares about, so good on her. Yeah. But you're a very, like, her like, her face is just like, oh, it's tinier, but it's recognizable. Yeah, like, you know, like yeah. how do I know this little girl? Yeah. And, but that, and then she was also in a bunch of episodes of Days of Our Lives, which I had no idea that she did some serious, like, serious roles outside of Full House, so good on her for, like, expanding her portfolio. Think about those titles, though, real quick. Days of Our Lives and Full House. One's a comedy and one's a soap opera, but you could easily flip the titles, and it would be <laughs> Full House, the soap opera, and Days of Our Lives being the comedy. Like, you, it's not that far far apart, you know? Like, if you didn't, if you're an alien visiting the world, you know, you wouldn't know what to think of either title. Right. Yeah. So then, um, next here we have Jenny Lewis. Uh, her, she plays Sarah. Uh, so she's a musician. Uh, she's she does a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. She she's, uh, has a solo career. Um, she does uh, music for the band called uh, Rilo Kelly. Rilo Kylie. <clears throat> Rilo Kylie. They were kind of big in the late '90s, early 2000s on like the alternative scene. Like I looked the, them up yeah. to see who they were, and I'm like, oh, I definitely know who they like are. College radio yeah. style, right? Yeah, very like very accomplished. She did was singer, rhythm guitarist, keyboards. So she was like a lot of the driving force in Rilo Kylie. And uh, a band that I'm familiar with otherwise because of my sister-in-law is that uh, she uh, she does some background stuff with uh, the Postal Service yes. here and there. Yeah. And then um, the thing that I was actually most familiar with is she's in an episode of Golden Girls, which is one of my absolute favorites. And I look it up, watch it. Um, that's all I'm going to... It's hilarious. Um, and then she was on... She was in The Wizard. Yes. She was the one of the co-leads in The Wizard. She was also in Troop Beverly Hills. Mm. Again, another another very recognizable face once you put it as you know where right. she's at and her you know. And she's also in Foxfire with yeah. Angelina Jolie. Yeah, so she um, still working, you know, but she kind of stepped away. Like she stepped away from Milo Kylie, but that doesn't mean that that's not going to ever happen again, right? But a very multifaceted performer. Right, and then uh, next here we have uh, John Gowans. Gowans. Yeah, yeah. So he plays Doctor Bryce. Uh, seventy four credits and still re- still acting. Um, the the only credit that I I recognize was uh, Star Trek the the motion picture, so at least most notable for this gentleman. Let's a little bit of stuff here and there. But uh, next here we have uh, Donna Jean Lansing. Uh, she plays Nun. This was her only credit. 
And then uh, uh, next is and last next and last credit I have is Adele Miller. She plays Nurse. One other credit besides this, yeah. I wasn't familiar with. There you go. <laughs> so that's it. So that's your that's your cast and who did what and whatever. So uh, let Mr. Aidman Charles Aidman take it away with. Um, I'm I'm beginning to question these intro these these uh, segue bits of this show. It's getting it's getting weird, you know. Mm. So, um, but, but anyway, we'll play that and we'll we'll get into uh, if she dies. What if Paul Milano had turned right instead of left, hit the brakes a millisecond quicker, or if, if, if? The word ticks like a crazy clock, trying to reclaim a single tragic second from the Twilight Zone. I just feel like he's just sitting there with like some scotch and just like he's like, sure, whatever. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just freeform this a little bit, and then after he says that, everybody's do is like. Yeah, like, 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 you know. <laughs> like, yeah, he's in a beatnik bar. <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 like a ticking clock, you know, like whatever. Why did I go Shatner there? I don't know. But anyway, uh, so, so yeah, um, that's your intro. And um, I, you know, Terry and I do a pretty good job of like not tipping our hands coming into, you know, um, what we're going to record and talk like in regards to the episode. Cause we kind of want to, you know, keep our thoughts separate until we get here. Cause it makes the, you know, little behind the scenes makes it a little bit more of an interesting situation for he and I, and for you guys listening as well. But I'm going to throw this out here right now. Idle hands make for an unproductive poop deck. This is one of the worst segments I've ever seen of anything ever written, ever produced and ever put on TV. Like I, I wouldn't just pull the rip cord. That implies that like we're jumping out of the plane. I'm like, Nope, land it. We're not doing this. We're done. This is, this is, the, the most ineffectual, I just, I was waiting for it to go somewhere and it went, every decision, it makes no sense. It just, it is absolutely terrible. Yeah, it, it's... Spoilers, it's in, terrible. In, in my opinion, this is a like a poorly written story from the beginning. It just didn't, it didn't have any good direction. The motivations weren't great. I, I just, I wasn't sure why this character would be motivated to do the things that he was doing. Like... He, there wasn't really a clear direction for this character. I mean, he's distraught. He's got things going on with his daughter, Annette. And the fact that he's just roaming around. And even if there was a little girl on a roof of some building, well, yeah. what the hell? Who so, cares? So we get, like, we learned that, like, we start off, like, we'll just we'll do a quick, quick, quick. Because, yeah. like, uh, there's... This, we can fly this through is, this yeah, real yeah. fast. Uh, and it's not trying to be a disservice to you guys. It's just, my God, there is this, like... This is nothing, you know, like, like I, we always, uh, the people always joke about how like, um, seltzer water, like what was it like, um, uh, um, via, that's not what it's called. What's it? Uh, no, LaCroix, how LaCroix always feels like it's, it's water that was opened in another room near a fruit that someone was just shouting out its name. That's like, you know, so like, that's how this feels like. It's like someone was writing a Twilight Zone script in the other room and someone's like, goose girl. And that was it. You know, so whatever. Um, so we got Paul, uh, we, we find out that, well, his daughter's making, um, breakfast and she's the worst cook ever, but she's also real little. So why are they letting her make French toast? It is disgusting. That's neither here nor there, but she's trying to make a special breakfast for her dad. Cause it's like, it's his birthday. He forgot. She makes him a wallet. He opens it up. It's a picture of him, uh, her and his, um, departed, uh, wife who died a year ago. We find out. So we get that they're together, you know, it's important for him. And so then 
while they're driving to school the next day or that morning, uh, some kid popping a wheelie, just being like, I'm the 80s, just riding a bike, riding a wheelie out of the road. Some dumbass kid. Like, what yeah. the hell are you doing, kid? Yeah. Causes Paul to whip his car to the left and end up at a car crash, which puts his daughter in the hospital. And the doctor's like, hey, you know, she's just barely hanging in there. She's not going to make it. And he's like, but, uh, you know, you could understand his point of view of like, I just lost my wife a year ago. I can't lose her, too. So it's okay, fair. Fair enough. You know, a, a, like, good hook emotionally, right? Um, and then so he goes wandering outside and sees a, a girl on top of a roof of a building and he freaks out there and he's like, what's going on with that? Wanders over and finds out it's an orphanage that had recently closed and everything was like, how everything was laid out was weird too. It's like, yeah, we got rid of the kids two days ago, says lady from nightmare three. And you know, there's this things for sale here. And it's like, it was the way everything was kind of spread out was like, wow, you guys like, so if you don't sell this today, where's this going to go? Just here. I don't know. So he's kind of like confused because he thought he saw a girl, whatever. There wasn't a girl there, but he finds out it's an orphanage. So that sets up like, oh, well, there were kids here. And as he's getting ready to leave, he sees that little girl again um, on the swing set. And she's like weirdly pointing at something. Uh, He goes over to find out what the thing is. It's supposed to be a bed. It looks like a cradle, but it looks like a cradle for like... You know, like a like a seven or eight year old. Yeah, it's it's the creepiest looking thing ever. And he's like, you know what? I don't need this. And the nun's like, well, do you have a daughter? He's like, yeah. Well, maybe she'd like this. I'm like, you're creepy, nun. Like, no, like no kid should ever be in this. Like, like I. It kind of resembled a casket to me. It was kind of weird. It's upsetting, you know. Yeah. And that could have been played for something way better. It wasn't. So then he gets compelled because he sees the girl in the swing. Says like, I'm gonna buy it. Takes it home. And then as he's at home with this in the room, um, like it's not in his bedroom because upon rewatch, I was like, he put this in his own bedroom, but he didn't. Um, he wakes up the middle of the night. The little girl that he saw is like, Oh, hi, you know, I'm a ghost. She doesn't say it, but like, you know, like I'm looking for Toby and he's like, what are you talking about? And you know, he's like, he starts to figure out like, Oh, things are wrong. I'm like, yeah. Cause you bought this weird goddamn bed. You idiot. All right. So, um, He's like, she's like, walk me back to my bed. And he's like, your hand's cold. Like, yeah, because she's a ghost girl, idiot. And he puts her to sleep and and he wakes up in the morning and goes to talk to um, the nuns about like, well, who was Toby? What was going on? And she said her name was what? Sarah. I think it was her name. Yeah. And so the nuns like, how do you know that? It's like, I don't know. I saw a ghost girl in this creepy bed that you sold me. And we find out that she died of tuberculosis and nobody else would sleep in that bed because tuberculosis. Right. So knowing that you sold this to a stranger and it was like the last person that and slept in that died of tuberculosis and recommended it for his, his daughter. daughter. <laughs> like I understand that this many years later, there wouldn't be any virus left over, but you could have just burned that. We could have all been fine with that. Right. right. So, um, he keeps pushing, 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 and he finds out that Toby is actually a stuffed animal that, um, she had. And she need and you know, she wanted it, and then the nun was like, "But I have this as a keepsake, you know." It's like, "But can I just have it?" So there was a there was a legitimate fight between a grown man and a nun about a stuffed animal. So that happened because he starts to believe that maybe she's sticking around for some reason, right? Some whatever purpose. And so he takes Toby home. He gets it, puts it. Um, he, he he takes it there, but he also goes and, and, t- and steals his daughter out of the hospital, which Essentially he kidnaps. About. He forgot about her for like 10 minutes of this whole thing. And he yeah. goes, and it's like, Oh, my daughter's dying. I'm taking her out of the hospital. And they're like, you can't do that. He's like, whatever puts her in the little bed, uh, puts Toby in there with her. 
and then wakes up in the morning and is like, oh, it didn't work, which we don't know what that was supposed to be, right? She wakes up and she's perfectly fine. She asked for Toby. And that was the moment I'm like, maybe this little girl, this little ghost girl took her over. And that's his punishment. He's going to raise a kid that's not his. I thought, I thought maybe that's where they were going. Cause that would have been like a nasty hook to the end of this. Yeah. Nope. Like, and then like this outro scene would have been like wink, you know, no, more like be careful what you wish for. You are raising a girl now, but it's not your daughter, you know, like, like what? I don't know. Cause then it would have been the whole thing of like, she was conning him the entire time to get the bed. No, we don't get that. We get the, his daughter waking up being like, I want Toby. And then she just smiles at the camera in this freeze frame. And then I think I vomited blood. I think that's what happened at the end of this. Because <laughs> um, it was just like, it was, none of it made any sense. No. Like, it just, there was there was some bones here and not little not little dead kid bones. <laughs> but, you know, there was bones here that you could have told a decent little story, but you didn't do that. Right. Every chance to do something, you just turned. It's like, you're like, oh, we could tell another thing. Because whenever I saw a little girl on top of the building to begin with, and then him staring, and you hear the, this truck rush by him, I'm like, oh, maybe this whole thing of, like, she's going to pass, and she's going to take him with him. You know, like, you know, like, I don't know, that weird, like, oh, the Final Destination kind of vibe. Never happened again. Also, later on, his car seems perfectly okay. I don't know if he got a loaner or what, but, like, you didn't see any of that happen again. Like, I thought there would be some kind of loop around about, like, another car crash or something. Nope, we didn't get anything. It was just, this was, like, um, one of those Hallmark Christmas movies where you're just like, well, that was nice. I don't, nice can work on the Twilight Zone, but not like this, like, Kid, cl- kid glove bullshit. This was just frustrating to me. Like, I, I know I'm being kind of harsh, but there's nothing here. There is nothing here. So, I mean, there was nothing that I was interested in. And even if they felt like they were writing the ship somehow with like the story or whatever, there it was too late. I mean, yeah. you got to remember, it's this is what was this one? Uh, runtime was 18 minutes, 20, 20 something. Cause yeah. there's only two segments. So it was, it's half of the runtime of this episode and it's longer than Nightcrawlers. <laughs> like think about that too. Yeah. And you had a complete story on that one. This yeah. one, it's like, they just slapped it together. Like, I guess it works, you know, ghost kid, whatever. <laughs> but uh, I mean, if, if something that could have worked just fine is maybe this little girl was like you said, possibly in another accident and she was going to pass and maybe save the other girl because she was going to give up, she was an organ donor or something like or that. Or something. Who knows? Yeah, you that, could have done anything, right? Like you could have done anything to be like to tie it to, to tie a bow on this because, like, it, it looks as much as I didn't care for Little Boy Lost as a segment. At least it had a through line. Like it, the, the ending is kind of kind of silly, but at least it had like like a, like an emotional arc to it with the main character. Right. And you saw her like the the consequence of her choice, however light a light touch it was. You saw that. You didn't get that here. You, you know, like. um like, I don't know. It just, it, you know, cause like, I was watching this, whatever he steals his daughter puts her in the car and puts the seatbelt on. I was like, I was in my notes. It's like, Paul, you know, the last time you were in the car with your daughter, it didn't go so well. Like I was <laughs> expecting something to happen, you know, but it's like the imagery of the girl on the roof. It, like I, just because there was, you know, I, I, I got that weird, like it follows vibe, like from like, Oh no, something bad's going to happen here. And I'm not saying that the twilight zone can't have, 
like a lighter side to it, right? Like I guess that, well, whatever, because that's near dark. It was a light and dark, whatever they call. That's the Twilight Zone, right? But, but, but even yeah. even like in, in how this is being written, so the dude who's writing it or the people that are looking at it, producer wise, and that they're like, so we got to get the attention of Paul. Where do we put the girl? Ah, yes, we'll put her on the roof of the building. Like, that seems like the most logical location. It's like, why in the hell was she on the roof? Like, they couldn't have been like, well, he was passing by the playground and saw her. And it's like, saw her in a nightgown. Like, that would have been disturbing, too. Why couldn't you do the thing where you you, um, make this like an older hospital that is close to being shut down? And as he's there with his daughter, he passes another room with a girl that is, you know, like, she's awake and wide eyed and starts to engage with him. And then everyone's like, Oh, we, that, that room, you know, like whatever, you know, like it's just, you could have done something like that. Yeah. Like, like he walks past and she sees her in like uh, intensive care or something like that, but then walks past again and the room's completely or empty or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. um, like I'll give you the example of something that could like it. So, um, here in Ohio, there was the Mansfield state penitentiary, um, that, you know, big prison, watch Shawshank Redemption you'll see most of it uh but off to the one left if you go to visit the grounds off to the left side there was a separate wing that was the tuberculosis wing um that is devastatingly scary because of like they're like oh there was like open ventilation in those rooms because they thought that the, one of the cures one of the helps for tuberculosis was like ventilation I'm like you're just making everybody sicker and a lot more dead around here you know so it's like I feel like there's that kind of you could have gotten some of that kind of vibe of like yeah we didn't quite understand science at this point. This little girl lost her life. This guy's seeing her because he's now in this weird space because he's losing his daughter. There's like, I understand we're writing this 30 years later, but you, there is like, I don't understand. Like I, is this frustrates me because I have, I have written better things that no one will ever see that I think is garbage that I think is better than the segment, you know, like, um, you know, rock lords is an idea. Was I'm kidding? I'm, I just, I'll, I'll stop with that. I, yeah, it, it's a bummer yeah. because I just think that this could have been a really solid story. Yeah, because there's a foundational idea here that could be. I mean, you, you could build from easily, and it just was mishandled from the beginning. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a callback here. There was a season two episode from original series, season two episode twenty two called Long Distance Call. It was one of like the the six videotaped episodes. I'm not a big fan of it per se. The idea is really good where it's um, uh, this family, they have a grandmother that um, she's really protective of the, the the grandson and really wants, you know, loves him, whatever. And she passes away suddenly, but he gets a toy phone for his birthday and he is talking to his grandmother and she, he keeps talking to her and she keeps trying to convince him to like drown himself and stuff so she can come to him. So it's like, it's not the same thing, but it, you know, as much as I have problems with that episode, the story there is way more compelling. And I think that, I think that's a decent parallel to this. And I mentioned the parallel anyway, I'm not going to piss off Terry by mentioning the words of the parallel. Knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I see what you're saying. And, and yeah. that is a pretty good comparison. And that's like, maybe that's why some of these get greenlit that, you know, it, they're close enough. And it's like people, you remember those episodes where, you know, it was kind of, an interesting idea well watch this that doesn't have an interesting idea yeah i just don't understand it like this got lit this got greenlit for for tv um so i'll say if you guys want like a good haunting story about like um 
shit that should have like maybe been like handled better in terms of like kids and their lives and everything. Go watch the changeling. Go go. George Scott yeah. is amazing. That is, I'm not a big ghost movie person, but the changeling is amazing. Like, oh, it's, it's, especially it's, when you have a, a supplanted idea like this, like it's like, I think that this is like the super generic version of that movie, but that movie has done it way way yeah, better I mean, it's, it's hard to compare it like that to that film right but it's like even this being like this light touch like if this was even this wouldn't even be like a, an amazing story episode like mm. there's nothing here there is right. nothing here it's frustrating it's so, trash <laughs> so yeah i don't know if you have any other like actual notes for the episode proper i know that sometimes we you know we have a good conversation here sometimes it runs an hour sometimes it's this is where we're at with this so whatever yeah, i really couldn't find any other information about okay. this so so yeah i had i just whatever my notes here and covers the scariest looking crib ever want to point that out uh she wants toby and she doesn't say who the last name so i'm like toby keith the country performer toby mcguire i don't know and then we find out that it's a bear whatever anyway um so that i also wrote my notes here that halfway through the episode i was like hey paul how is your dying daughter doing in the hospital <laughs> like he just gets like he just forgets about her like it's so it's so bad yeah it, that's that was like the one thing i was like his motivations doesn't make any sense at all. Like if you're, if you're so distraught, not even lost, not only have you lost your wife, but you're more than likely going to lose your daughter too, because of the way the tone of the conversation with that doctor <laughs> is rough. Yeah. You know? So I also wrote here, uh, Paul goes to the new orphan hutch and insists that he sees the nun. <laughs> like, so I don't know why I wrote orphan hutch, but I like the idea that there's a collective of orphans. They just shoved into another room after the old place. <laughs> uh, I like that. And I also wrote uh, Toby is a disease ridden teddy bear. Cause we don't know that we don't because <laughs> the nun's like, he's well worn. I'm like, yeah, his last owner died of tuberculosis and you've been keeping it as a memento. I mean, probably okay i don't know it's like the velveteen rabbit right yeah, like remember that want, whole, the, yeah it's like you got to burn that as much as you loved it you got to burn it and you know yeah. as much as like we buy gifts for each other don't get me a tb teddy bear okay i don't <laughs> don't you, you know just go to the build a bear the, the build a tb bear workshop you know don't need that <laughs> it's like you know, i like, get to pick the stuffing and the pathogen well this is great you like know, i whatever. got a really good deal on it though terry <laughs> this one's slightly moist but whatever just hug it it's fine <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, anyway, why is this slimy? Just hold it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And I also wrote all caps deathbed is also what I wrote in here too. So I don't know, man. Like it's just, it is, it is what it is. Uh, I just try and the, 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 this is like trying to stretch something. It's not going to work. It is what like I'm, I was just frustrated the first time I watched it. I, you know, set up my notes second time through. I'm like, Oh, this is even more of a slog. And I, it's like, you can't compare what came before in terms of, their individual productions, right? But it's like, I finally, like, I'm not saying that, like, we've seen some interesting segments so far of this 80s edition of The Twilight Zone. It's just that Nightcrawler showed us the potential, right, of what the series could be and how it could swing hard and, like, you know, just, it could just still get you, right? And we're going to see other stuff later that's going to do that, too. But this also shows you that, like, you know, not everything's a winner and the twilight zone, especially not everything's a winner. And this is one of those ones. It's like this, if I even had to put this up against like the original series, it would be in like, like, you know, at the bottom, like it's, I don't know how we're going to rank this by segments when we get there. Cause it's a lot of segments to get through. Maybe we'll do like a mid season one. And then another one at the end and kind of do like a big bracket, like March madness. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but this is automatic. This right at the bottom for me. So yeah, so, yeah. so if you guys enjoy this, uh, 
we're sorry that we kind of dumped on it, but please reach out to us and let us know why you enjoyed it. We'd like to know. Yeah, you for, know, sure, let, for sure, you know, for sure, for sure. Let's get engaged in conversation. Because well, you know people are like, well, that was nice. It's like, well, that doesn't mean any. Like, you know, like some people just want the nice warm hug of a story, you know, and sure. But I don't know that. I don't think that's why people come to the Twilight Zone, you know? So. Um, I don't believe so. It, it, would, it would just be funny if, like, you know, if Hallmark Channel or, like, a Lifetime put out, like, you know, nice ghost stories. That was just anthology all the time <laughs> of just, like, sweet little stories that happened. It's like, and then they were okay. And it's like, oh, and the, whole, the ghost the entire time was Jesus. Like, you know, whatever. Well, wasn't there, there was that Jennifer Love Hewitt show, Ghost Whisperer, whatever the hell oh, it was called. yeah. And uh, they always ended up on, like, a sweet note at the end. I was like, uh, no. It's like, you know, if you, like, if you want that, go watch Highway to Heaven. You know, you got... There you, know, go. <laughs> you know, you got an angel helping around and like his hobo sidekick or whatever. It's been like, it's been for, I'm pretty sure that's, that's the premise of that show, right? Angel and hobo man help people, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, that's, 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 that's it. So, um, yeah, I got, I got no trivia. Um, trivia is, uh, none, none at all. Nuns. Um, two none, nuns. Nothing. Yeah. Two nuns. Yeah. <laughs> two nuns at death place and, um, you know, and some bad, badly made French toast. My God, that was disgusting. Yeah, that was- Straight like, up a like, raw uh, egg on top like, of that. Like I've I've screwed up French toast before. Like I because I um I wasn't paying attention to the ingredients and when I thought I was putting sugar and I put salt in, I got some really thirsty French toast by accident. So yeah, I don't think that like I think um that still was bad, right? So <laughs> uh so yeah, that's I, I I don't know. I guess we're gonna get to that twist. Let's just rate that twist. Twist rating as as follows is that we go from one to five, one being we've seen it from a mile away, and five being mind blowing. That doesn't affect the episode improper. I don't think I've ever given this before. I'm going to give this a zero. I've never given a zero as a twist rating because there's nothing that happens here. I'll give it a one because I knew that, you want to stick to format. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's I I felt like from the beginning when the little like when Paul's daughter gets into the accident and everything, there's going to be just something to lead to her like breaking through and surviving. It's like, whatever the hell that's going to be, I think that's going to be outcome. It, this, they felt, it felt like they were going to do a, like, here's a wholesome story, guys get on board, but we're going to have a really goofy transition to that point, to that ending. And I was like, Oh, okay. It's still the outcome. So I guess I wasn't surprised still. Yeah, I just, I mean, they like even with the Aidman um, like dialogue about like you think that there's going to be that like um, path not taken decision coming where it's like maybe he does something where you know she wakes up and makes shitty breakfast and her mom's alive and he's gone but she still has a parent or something I don't know like so nothing there was nothing here absolutely nothing and it's like you could at least you could have been the sacred suite the entire time and just like had her being taken over by the little girl. And, and have him have that horror of like, oh no, like you could, this could have redeemed all of it, but you didn't do that, you know? So yeah, if she dies, I don't really care. If she, <laughs> if she dies, she dies. If she dies, she dies, you know? <laughs> so I guess the lesson here is don't pop wheelies because that can cause traffic accidents. That's yeah, the Yeah, don't thing. be an asshole on the street with your bike, <laughs> stupid kid. 
All right, so let's go do up our discussion about uh, if she dies. You guys can find us on Facebook at Strange Highways. We're always posting images, and I I have some. I have some of this, you know, this stupid looking images from this episode that I will post begrudgingly because I think it's fun to post silly images. Um, you guys can email us directly at strangehighwayspodcast uh, at gmail.com. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. And Terry, how can people find us otherwise? Uh, if you're on Instagram, check us out on there. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Um, we're trying to keep up to date on that as well. Um, you know, share share some information out there with some people on that. I know that uh, some people don't know how to listen to podcasts. There are still people. Paul, there are people out there that I legitimately have conversations with. And they're like, what? What's a podcast? Where do I find them? If I, you know these folks, and I they, I don't know why Terry's a time traveler and goes back to three years ago. I'm kidding. I don't know. My, how far back you my mother still doesn't know how to do this. I'm like, Ma, just just look it up I, on yeah, Google. Like when my when my dad was still around, he was like, I was like, well, let's find the app on the phone. He's like, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, all right, fine. Like it was just like I don't know. Like you can you can, all you can do is like ask people, and then it's like, but also there's that bit and the, just a brief aside. I mean, we you know. We still got time here, folks. We're not even at the hour <laughs> mark. It's just that you find people that you know. They're like, I don't know what a podcast is, and then like three minutes later, they're on social media being like, Have you guys heard this true crime podcast? I'm like, Oh, no. oh, oh. So that's hotter and sexier than this. Mm-hmm. Like that's what got you going, not this. Like <laughs> you know, like I, you know, it, it's a little frustrating, but whatever. Like the more the merrier. Um, let people know if they like the Twilight Zone, if they like anthology, if they like uh, silly conversations. Um, yeah, let people know if you guys enjoy this and you're entertained by it, uh, the more the merrier. And if you want to teach people, um, technology, I, I would be, I would appreciate that. Yeah. It might be a good idea for them to get with the now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as we watch, um, our, our eighties Twilight Zone on DVD, like that, that technology, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Um, I watch it. I watch it on. Um, I, I watch it on a Viewmaster with a record in the background. I have to always flip it whenever the record makes a noise. But yeah. Anyway, so that's going to do it for our discussion about if she dies. Um, let's just talk about what we're going to do next. And now, Mister Serling. All right. So we're getting into season uh, one, episode five, uh, segment B. Ye gods. Um, I have no idea what this is. Um, I don't recall it whatsoever. So uh, nowhere to go but up. Is that is that well, what we're that's for? pun intended? I guess yeah. So yeah, that's going to do it uh, again for us this week. Everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. Um, don't give each other salmonella with shitty French toast. That's that. That's all I got to say. And don't trust any ghost girls. Yes. Well, I don't know, really. It's an antique. Is this enough? Yes, I'm sure that's more than enough.